Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, April 3rd. Passover is rapidly coming upon us and occurs at sundown, April 5th. I hope that each one of you will be keeping Passover in a home with your loved ones and fellow believers. This is a very special feast to observe as it is all about covenant with Yeshua our Messiah. Passover is the festival of our freedom. The freedom is from being in bondage to sin and to the world system and the experiencing new liberty and freedom in following Yeshua and His Torah. There are three important principles of the Egyptian redemption. First, the Egyptian redemption is both historic and prophetic. Second, the events that happen to our patriarchs are prophecies of what will happen to their descendants to future generations. Third, the Egyptian redemption teaches us about Yeshua's redemption for the nation and for us personally. The Hebrew word for Passover is Pesach. It means to hover over or pass over. The spiritual meaning is this. It represents passing over from death and sin, Egypt, to eternal life and salvation. It represents the blood of Yeshua to hover over our lives and to give us divine protection from the enemy. Passover defines and marks the first month on the biblical calendar. Even as Passover is the beginning of months, repenting of our sins, which is leaving Egypt, and putting the blood of Yeshua on our heart, is the first step in our salvation in Messiah. Yeshua, the Lamb of God, was inspected by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, by Pilate, and by Herod. They were not able to find any blemish. Yeshua, the perfect, pure, and innocent Lamb of God, then died on the tree and took the sin of the world upon himself. He is our Passover Lamb, as it is written in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pesach, and it means Passover. Exodus 34, 1-9 Then the Lord told Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets that you smashed. 
Be ready in the morning to climb up on Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshipped. And he said, O Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. Luke 10, 13-37 What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. Then he said to the disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God, who sent me. When the seventy-two disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. At that same time Yeshua was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit, and he said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then, when they were alone, he turned to the disciples and said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you, 
Many prophets and kings longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Yeshua by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Yeshua replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Yeshua told him, Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his action, so he asked Yeshua, And who is my neighbor? Yeshua replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Yeshua asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Yeshua said, Yes, now go and do the same. Psalm 75, 1-10 We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. People everywhere tell of your wonderful deeds. God says, At the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. I warned the proud, Stop your boasting. I told the wicked, Don't raise your fists. Don't raise your fists in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. For no one on earth, from east or west, or even from the wilderness, should raise a defiant fist. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. For the Lord holds a cup in his hand that is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours out the wine in judgment, and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs. But as for me, I will always proclaim what God has done. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob, for God says, I will break the strength of the wicked, but I will increase the power of the godly. Proverbs 12, 12-14 Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. Please enjoy this short little explanation about Yeshua, our Passover lamb, put together by Maos Israel.
Welcome to one of the most exciting times of the year in Israel. Passover, or as it's called in Hebrew, Pesach. All across the country, the Passover spirit is evident. Store windows displaying new table settings for the holiday. Supermarket shelves being cleared of all bread products and restocked with unleavened bread known as matzah. Yes, Passover is one of the most important holidays for Jews around the world because it celebrates one of the most important events in our history. For hundreds of years, the Israeli people were forced to work as slaves for the Pharaoh in Egypt, until at last, God sent Moses to lead them to freedom. The Bible tells of the Jews' miraculous exodus out of bondage and into freedom, out of the land of Egypt and into the Promised Land. Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt and the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. And so we remember by celebrating each year the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover. The most common tradition for the Israeli people this time of year is to gather together for a Passover Seder meal. More than just a typical dinner, the entire meal is based around symbolic foods, each food telling a different part of the story of the Exodus out of Egypt. Among them, the matzah. Why is the holiday known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Because when at last Pharaoh relented and let the Jews go, they knew they had very little time to escape. The Israelis didn't even add the yeast for their bread to rise. They just grabbed their things and fled. Thus the unleavened or unrisen bread is eaten to remember that hurried flight to freedom. Symbol number two, the shank bone, a reminder of the lambs that were to be killed, the sacrifice God commanded the Israelis to make each year on the Passover. For it was the blood of a lamb that protected the Jewish people just before God set them free. The biblical book of Exodus tells us how God brought nine plagues on the Egyptian people as the punishment for the way they were treating the Jews. Blood, frogs, vermin, flies, pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, and darkness. But none of them were enough to change Pharaoh's heart. It wasn't until the tenth and final plague that Pharaoh finally relented and let the Jewish slaves go. That tenth plague was the killing of the firstborn of each Egyptian family. To make sure that no Jewish children were killed, God commanded the Israelis to kill a lamb and to wipe its blood on the doorposts of their homes. That way, when the Lord was moving about Egypt, slaying each firstborn child, he would see that the Jewish homes were covered by the blood of the lamb and would thus pass over their homes, leaving their children safe. Truly, the entire Bible, from the opening chapters of the book of Genesis to the closing chapters of Revelation, is a detailed picture of God's redemption of mankind, of His promised Messiah or Savior. But no picture is more vivid than the story of the Passover. Did you know that Yeshua the Messiah celebrated Passover? Did you know that His famous Last Supper was actually a Passover Seder? That Passover as lambs were being killed and sacrificed, Yeshua himself would be arrested, beaten, and crucified. This Yeshua, who John the Baptist called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, was now becoming the sacrificial lamb for all mankind. Like the Passover matzah, he was pierced and striped for our transgressions. One final Passover symbol remains a mystery to many Jews. Each year during the Seder meal, Three pieces of matzah are put into one special bag, three in one. But most Jews 
are uncertain as to why three pieces are set aside. There is also much confusion as to why the middle matzah is broken, wrapped in its own special cloth, hidden somewhere in the house, then returned by the child who finds it, and finally broken into small pieces and shared with all at the table. We Messianic Jews see these three pieces of matzah as a picture of the ultimate three-in-one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three-in-one, the triune God. The middle matzah, the Son, broken, wrapped in cloth, buried, and then rising again, just like Yeshua, our Messiah. At that Last Supper, Yeshua took the matzah, broke a piece for each, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. One has to wonder, on that night of the Exodus, when each Israeli family took the blood of the Lamb and wiped it on the doorposts of their homes, first on the top, then on the two side posts, did it resemble the image of a cross? Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace.